0: Let's bow our heads in prayer and let's um, come before God this morning asking of Him what He would have for us this morning to eat. Lord God, we come before You, Lord Jesus, because You are our living hope. In this world, there's lots of troubles that we can't even seem to fix. Every day, Lord God, brings about A new challenge. And Lord God, without you, Lord God, where would we be? You are our victory. You are our life source. You are the one who gives us breath every day, Lord God, is ordained by you. And so, Father, we want you to take a hold of our days, take a hold of our life, Father, and take control, Lord God, of every situation. I pray for those this morning, Lord God, who are here who don't know you, never heard of you. I pray, Father, that you would make yourself known to them in a way that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are real, that you would speak to their hearts, speak to their lives, and bring them, Father, into your kingdom, I pray. Father, I ask you, Lord God, that you bless the words that are spoken into every ear and every heart. Cast the devil out of this room. Protect us from the enemy. Shield us from all distraction, we pray. Give us this word, our daily bread this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Unfortunately, um, last week um, I had I had intended to to share with you a, a follow-on uh, regarding faith, but I wasn't there. I had to go to the youth camp, but I would have liked the sequence to kind of flow. Um, so I hope you all can remember the previous message on faith. So basically, the message was simply. Um, You don't need to be going, Lord, give me more faith. You just need to have strong faith. A strong faith is enough. That's why Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move a mountain, you can tell a tree to uproot and go into the sea. So that's what, that was the, the, look, just have faith, just believe. If you believe, all things are possible. That was the message. So this uh, morning, I want to share with you, and I want to continue talking, why is it hard for people to have faith? Why is it hard for people to believe? So let's look at a passage. I want you to turn to two passages today, and then I'll go through the rest. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Why is it hard for people to believe? Maybe you're in this room right now and you're saying, yeah, I can't, I don't know, man. I can't believe. I can't believe. I don't know why I don't believe. Why is it hard? Second Thessalonians 3 verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified. The word of the Lord may flow freely and be glorified just as it is with you just as it's happening in your life the word of the lord moving in you and through you verse 2 and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for not all have faith listen to his his, his comment here not all have faith quite interesting. He's asking the the church to pray for him um, while they preach the gospel message uh, and pray that we are delivered from unreasonable men because not everybody believes. That's what he's saying. Not everybody believes. Not everybody has faith. Pray that we're delivered from unreasonable. He uses the word unreasonable. Unreasonable and he uses the phrase not all men have faith. Unreasonable and not all men have faith. Basically, there are people out there who are without reason. They have no reason. You can't reason with them. Because not everybody has faith. It's quite interesting that not everybody does have faith. You could be in the room right now and you just don't believe. You just can't believe. And I find it it's, you know, I mean, it is difficult to have faith because faith in some way is illogical. Like it's illogical. But it's not unreasonable. It's illogical, but it has reason. Like, for example, you'd say, oh, you believe in something you can't see? That's illogical. Like, what do you mean? Like, how can you believe in something you can't see? Well, that's right. It is illogical. I can't, you know, I don't know. know, I believe in something I can't see, but it's reasonable, I mean, if I can believe in something I can see, then then I don't require trust, and it's it's reasonable that because I can't see God, therefore I need to trust him, because that's where a true relationship is, so it's reasonable. It's illogical, but it's reasonable. Like, uh, so you believe that God, like out of nowhere, he just existed, did he? Like he just, nowhere, just bang, he was there. Well, that's, yeah, I guess it's illogical, you know? But I think it's reasonable to believe that God is just there because if someone created God, then that would make him God. And then the God that I serve, if he was created, then he's not really my God. He's got some big and. So that's not reasonable. It's illogical that God just exists, but it's reasonable that he does exist because that's what makes him God. It's reasonable. So illogical as much as it is when it comes to faith, it's reasonable. It's reasonable. And not many people can see that. Not many people can understand that. Not many people can believe. And it's interesting when Jesus says to the disciples, and he says this about four or five times in the Gospels, he says, Ye of little faith. Ye of little faith. And sometimes when you look at that phrase, you think, oh, that sounds like a contradiction. That means ye of little faith. That means they had faith. And Jesus says, as long as you have faith, you can move a mountain. And he's saying, you've got little faith. Little, you've got some. But that's not what Jesus is saying, actually. When he uses the phrase ye of little faith, he's actually saying, you of no faith. You don't have faith. And it's very interesting when Jesus uses that phrase in the context of when he speaks it and puts it in. And I want to share with you when Jesus actually says to the people, you have no faith. When does he actually say it? Matthew chapter 8, verse 26. And he said unto them, why are you uh, fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he rose and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. In Mark, he says the same thing. And he rose and He rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So that's why you know that Jesus didn't say, oh, you've got little faith. He's saying you've got no faith. But in the context, is regarding man's livelihood, like man's fears. You're at the end of your life, you're about to drown, you're about to die, and God is saying to man, how is it that you have no faith? That's the context he uses it in, in, in devastation, in, in, in <laughs> look, the destruction that's about to occur. That's the context he uses it in. He also uses it in the context of Luke chapter 12 verse 28. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, ye of little faith, ye of no faith? So he uses it in the context of everyday life. The anxieties of necessities what I need and what I I need so I can live. And he's talking to the world and he's saying, ye of no faith. You're so caught up in thinking, I I need this, this is how I'm going to live. I need food, I need shelter, I need clothes. And then they're the very things that bind you and cause you uh, anxiety and, 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 and friction and conflict among your relationships. And Jesus says, ye of no faith. Even sometimes there's this confusion and a misunderstanding in matters and life. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 16 verse 8, which when Jesus perceived that the disciples couldn't understand a certain issue, he said unto them, "Oh, ye of little faith, you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread. So he uses this context in everyday life. Whether the the things I need and the things I don't need, he says, you have no faith. The things I'm confused about and the things I'm trying to wrestle, you have no faith. Why so do we continue living as people who have no faith? Why is it hard to believe in God? It's illogical, but it's very reasonable. Why is it very hard? Faith is the substance, the evidence of the things unseen. The Bible describes something that's intangible to be very tangible. Yet it's so hard to understand. What stops you from believing in God? I want to talk to you this morning about four or five things. In fact, Jesus, he's beautiful. He actually makes it very, very clear in just a very short passage in the Bible why people don't believe in God. And that's what we're going to look at this morning, we're going to study. I wish we could sit down and, you know, Bible's open. But we're going to do the best we can. So if you've got your Bible, I want you to turn to John. John chapter 5, verse 38 to 47. This is going to do a little bit of a study why people don't believe. I think it's good for you, I think it's good for you to, to this morning to consider the words of Jesus Christ. If you're sitting down not believing in God at the moment in your life, listen to the Son of God and, and, and measure what he has to say with your own life. Listen to what he says and then ask yourself, why don't I believe in God? Why don't I believe in God? And see, does it compare to what Jesus, the living word, says? In John chapter 5, verse 38 to 47... Here's Jesus talking to the people. John chapter 5, verse 38, verse to 47. Listen to what he says. But you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you don't believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. There you go. Very simply put, he says to them, you can read the Bible as much as you want. Because you know that when you read the Bible, it speaks of me. And when you read and it's speaking of me, you're not believing. And do you know why you're not believing? Because you're not willing to come. That's what he says to them. You're not willing to come to me. And I find that absurd. I think if if anything is so unreasonable, it would be not coming to Christ. Because I tell you why. Because if the facts be that life isn't about this physical realm, that life is actually about eternity and a spiritual kingdom, if that be true, and at the end of time when we all die, there is a kingdom... And there is a lake of fire. If that be true, and the Son of God comes down from heaven, calling all people out of damnation, out of condemnation, out of of perishing, come, come, come. And all you do is you read your Bible, but you never come. That's very unreasonable. It's crazy. I find it absurd that a loving God would send his loving son into a world that was there ready to destroy him and all he sent him for was to pull people out of damnation. That there was in the beginning of time a world that was created not for people but was created for a spiritual kingdom that deserved eternal punishment. There was a war that was going on in heaven between the angels and the angels of God, and they were thrust down from the kingdom, and a third of the angels were cast out. And because God is God, He decides that these are eternal beings, these are spiritual beings, they need to live, and therefore they need a realm to live. And so He creates an eternal hell, a punishment, as a judge that does what is his duty. You've done wrong. This is the judgment. So he makes this hell. And he realizes that the devil is on a war against the children of God, the image of God. And And the devil deceives, just like he deceived a third of the angels, he goes around and he roams and he deceives the souls of men created in the image of God. And God says, I need to deliver my people, my creation, the ones I made for eternal life with me. I will send my son Jesus Christ into the world and anyone who believes on him will be saved. And while we were walking the edge to hell, Christ came and died on the cross and he says, come. Now, whether you believe that or not, that's up to you. But the reality is, if it's true, it's absurd, unreasonable to reject it. Because you did nothing for that. You didn't pay your way for that. You didn't win God over for that. It was purely, purely Christ and Christ alone. It wasn't because you were fantastic and you were good and you were worthy to be saved. You did absolutely nothing. But the day you were born, you were born to go to hell. The day you were born, you were born to go to hell. And if life doesn't demonstrate and reflect this life of hell before it gets sealed in judgment, then that's absurd to me. That's unreasonable. If life doesn't prove to you, man, I just can't get through this without something more than myself, which is what generally happens to people, but they just turn the wrong way. They just go to something else that that doesn't heal. It just bandages, it just cloaks And that's absurd to me. That's unreasonable. Not all men have faith. And so Jesus says, you read the Bible, you know about me. Like you hear about me on TV. You know, the TV evangelists always talk about me, you know. And you know there's something there about me. But you fail to believe because you don't come to me. You don't surrender. You don't let go. And that's like some of you in this room right now, I don't know. You're wondering, why is my life not the way it should be? Like, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, but my life doesn't manifest and reflect the power of Jesus Christ in my, Why? Because you don't come to me. You can believe and read as much as you want, but unless you come to me, it's powerless. You can hold the Bible in your hand, but unless you come to the author of that book, it's useless. So that's one reason, because you don't come to me. That's why you, you don't believe. You've got to come to me. And he goes on to say, verse 41, I don't receive honor from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. You will go after anyone who goes after their own name, but because I come after the truth, I come after you do not want me. This is verse 44. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? What is he saying? The problem is with believing is that because you're always seeking to be honored, you're always seeking someone's approval, you're always looking at someone's, uh, how they look at you and how they see you, therefore you're never going to believe. And you'll see that, like generally, like, like generally you'll read a book with, the, uh, with an author who you enjoy, who endorses that book. And therefore, because you like that author who endorses that book, you'll read the book. Because you honor that author, therefore you honor the other author who's written that book. <laughs> and here you have the Son of God, the author of faith, God the Father who wrote a book. And because you don't honor Jesus, you don't honor the Father, and you don't receive him. But he goes, but anyone else who writes the book, yeah, gladly, you'll take it. It's no problem. But as long as it's not God the Father, that's why you don't believe. You will go and seek every other self-help book, every other counseling, every other whatever treatment, as long as it's not the Father. And that's what happens in life today. That's what you see in society. It's not hard to see that people will flock and run to every other thing and claim it to be true than the Father. And this is why Jesus says it's because you're seeking honor because you're seeking to honor any other thing than God, you can't believe. You can't believe. I challenge you. I challenge you very simply. Honor God. Stop. Honor God. Lift him up. Place him where he belongs. The author, the creator of life, the one who made you. Honor him for that. And tell me, can't you believe? Can't you believe? Unless, no, I don't want to honor him. I don't want to honor him. He goes on to say, verse 44, do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. I'm not going to come and blame you before God. He says, there is one who accuses you. One who accuses you, and he says, it's Moses. Moses, in whom you trust. The very, the very prophet who you look up to. The one that you honor, I'm not, he's going to accuse you. He's talking to the Jews. But, sorry, verse 46. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? What's he saying here? He says you don't believe, firstly, because you don't believe in the Bible. You don't believe because you don't believe in the writings. And that be true. Do you know that? That's the summary. You don't believe because you don't believe that's God's word. Just like the Jews don't believe Jesus because they didn't really believe at the heart, at the core, that those writings were from Moses. And that they really, really believed in the prophet Moses was sent from God. And so it is today, you don't believe because you don't believe the Word of God in your hand is His living Word. That it is eternal. It's not man made, man written by the Holy Spirit, but not man made. You don't believe. If you believed that the Word of God was the Word of God, your life would change. You would come to me, you wouldn't seek anyone else's honor. Three things. One, you seek the praise and honour of people. Two, you don't believe it's God's word. And three, you don't want to come. You don't want to abide and surrender. These are the, the, the things that hinder you from faith. Ask yourself the question, do you dare challenge these obstacles that Jesus Christ put before you and told you why you don't come? Cast them away and come and believe. I know some people who say, I can't believe. As though it's like, "Woe me, I can't believe. As though it's an excuse when they get to heaven. Oh, I couldn't believe. (laughs) And right there is Jesus' words cutting at the heart of why you don't believe. You don't honor me. When you stand before, you don't honor me. You honored yourself above me. You never wanted to surrender. You didn't trust my word is my word alone. But probably the most powerful reason why you don't believe, I'll tell you why. It's because it is the truth. Did you know the mere nature of the word of God being the truth is your obstacle to believe. Did you know that? Because like I told you at the start, there's a battle that went on at the beginning when God cast out the devil. And from that day on, the plan was to eradicate the word of God and destroy God's people. Because it is the truth, then you have all the reason in the world that the devil wants to give you not to believe. And that's why you can't. It requires a supernatural power that comes from God by his Holy Spirit that will open your eyes and open your ears that you may see the reality of truth for what it is because the power of God called you and chose you and says, wake up. That's what you can't believe. If I spoke to you a lie, you'd all believe it. But because I speak to you a truth, you don't believe. That's what Jesus was saying. That's what Jesus was saying to the people. If I spoke to you lies, you'd gladly embrace it. But because this is the truth, you're not believing it. And if you want to see a passage for that, I'll show you in John. John chapter 8, verse 44 to verse 46. You are of the father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you can convict me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Look at that. Because you can't. Because you listen to the lies of your father and the father is a liar. What do you require to believe? Not an intellect, not a research, not more sermons, not more Bible studies. You can have the book in your hand and you still won't believe. You require a heart that is willing to come to God. You require a heart that is willing to leave everything all honor, all glory, all pride come to God you require a trust a blind trust a God that you can't see but believe that's his word because everything is against you to believe by default your body doesn't want to believe in God it doesn't act like it wants to believe in God it responds according to its own ways it doesn't doesn't seek after the things of God that's already like against you there's a world, there's a system out there that denies all the truths of God, that we soak in and we breathe in and we, we, we take in all the time, 24-7, every day. And that's against us too. And then you've got the devil. The devil who's a roaming, a roaring lion ready to devour whom he can. You give him this much, he'll take that. Everything against you. You can't discern between truth and a lie. How do you know? But this is what God does. If you hear me, I'm knocking. Anyone who opens, I will come and I will sup with you. That's all you need to do. If you can acknowledge that, yes, Lord Jesus, I could see the obstacles to my faith. I could see what's hindering me. Lord God, move him out of my way. He'll do that. If you search, you're going to find. Knock and it's going to be opened. You can't stand before God and have an excuse why you didn't come to him. Salvation belongs to him. It's not like you're going to find some loophole. (laughs) Now, This is why you need to let me in because you know that's why. God knows everything. He knows every thought in your head. He knows the heart of unbelief. He made a way for that heart to turn, to be converted, to change. That's why God, Jesus Christ, all the time put a very, very fine line for people. If you want to come after me, you've got to let go. Leave everything. Because in that, you will find me. That doesn't mean to better yourself. Doesn't mean that, you know, I've got to stop sinning to come to Jesus. No. This is why Jesus came, to take your sin. You understand? But you're stopping him. It's this sin of unbelief that's causing you to walk astray and find yourself separated from him. He says, come, come as you are. Come with all your sin, with all your rubbish, with all your ugliness, with all your filth. Come as you are and I will clean you, and I will wash you, and I will make you right before the face of the Father. But you need to leave those things behind. You've got to be willing to die to yourself so that I can come in and operate, you know? Like you're in the hospital bed, and I'm just going to operate. You can't just get out and walk out and just out of the hospital. You've got to stay here. Take the, you've got to listen to me. And that's what Jesus Christ did. But many unreasonable people and not everybody has faith. I pray that this morning, I pray that God spoke, spoke to you. I pray, importantly, that those of you in this room who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, that you will take your life seriously enough to place your trust in Him, to believe Him, to come after Him, now, whether you like me or not, I'm fine with that, you know? Because the battle isn't with me. The battle is with the Word of God. I'd love you to go home and study the Word of God yourself and read what Jesus Christ actually said. It'll be for the saving of your own soul, the protection of your own family. It doesn't cost you much. It's free, you know? Maybe a bit of time. But that time can be extended for eternity, you know, like invest that, 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 that moment, that little five minutes, studying God's word, that passage I just read, and you might inherit eternal life forever. God didn't bring you here to speak lies to you. And you didn't come here not to hear the truth. And God has been faithful to you this morning. Be faithful to the Lord. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Matthew chapter 9 verse 28 it says and when he had come into the house the blind men the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them do you believe do you believe that I'm able to do this they said to him yes lord yes do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ are you prepared to leave everything and just hold on to him Because this is salvation. Do you continue to seek the honour of people through money, esteem, what you own, what you possess? Do you continue to distrust the Bible by ignoring it, ignoring the truth of salvation worded in that book? Now I know that this message isn't for everyone, but it is for those who have ears and those who have eyes. And if God is knocking at the door of your heart, respond to him. And don't play with faith. It's simple. Do you believe? Yes, Lord, I believe. I believe, Lord. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you washed me clean. And I believe you set me free. And I believe I don't need to be in my bondage and my sin anymore, in my troubles and my issues. I believe, Lord. And then he says, according to your faith, go. Father in heaven, I thank you for the, the word. Thank you, Father, for your truths. I pray, Lord God, that as we continue to, re- to live this life, Father, that we're reminded by, of your word every day by your Holy Spirit it has its work and its power in our lives. Father in heaven, I pray for everyone in this room, everyone that you've brought, Lord, that they may see you for all that you are. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. amen.